When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up, Bills Mafia, Buffalo Fanatics? It is your man, Rev Rhodes, back at it again with another edition of Rated Rev, brought to you by the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Yo, whether you're joining me on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, on Twitter, or whether you're listening to this, you know, as you're driving on your way to work or whatever the case may be, yo, look, grace and peace to all of you. But do me this favor with do me this favor. If you're watching live, like, comment and subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening, if you're listening, go ahead and like it, too, man, and share this with everybody that is watching. This is, like I mentioned, another edition of Rated Rev, and we are excited we are ready to go this is the start this is midweek baby we are about to hit off and kick off against the baltimore ravens oh my goodness i am ready i am ready what's happening everybody in the chat what's up what's up what's up everybody you know how you how, how we do it if you're watching live do me this favor right now i need to know where you're watching from i need to know where you're watching from so pop it up in the chat. Let me know. We're getting revved up, baby. Bills fan 90 says, yo, we are fully revved up. There we go. You about to rev me up, man. You are about to rev me up. Primo says, yo, let's go, Bills. Let's go, man. Let's go. Who else in here is ready for some Baltimore Ravens? And who else in here is tired of talking about the doggone Miami Dolphins? I'm fed up with all this Miami Dolphins talk. I'm done with it. I am done with it. Absolutely done with it. We ain't got to worry about hearing, hearing nothing like that tonight. Okay? Because we're moving on. We are moving on. Right? The players say, yo, this is a 24-hour rule. Well, it's been 24, 48, what, 72 hours? It's done. We are on to Baltimore. And we better make sure we focus on the Baltimore Ravens, too, because that team ain't no joke. Let's get it popping. Let's get it popping. Oh, K-Dub says, yo, he is from PA814. Let's go. Let's go. I've got Pennsylvania in the house. Trust the process. What's going on? Garbage plate upstate. Yo, Gar I've been wanting to know, man, how that garbage plate is. I've seen it. I've never been on the East Coast like that before. Never even tasted it. I've seen some videos, but I'm not going to lie. It looks disgusting. But I'm willing to try just about anything. So y'all tell me, man, man, how, what is that garbage plate really like? I don't know. But I've got Chris716 coming in from South Buffalo, New York. What's good, Chris? What's good? Don Handsome in the house, 607. There we go, Maurice Anderson in the house from Las Vegas, listening at work. Maurice, I appreciate you, baby. Don't get caught, don't get in trouble, but go Bills. Yes, sir. Alpha in here from Jersey. 
and sick of the fit. That's what I'm talking about, man. We, I am, I am, I am fed up. I am, I've had enough. I have had enough. I can't deal with it no more. I can't. I just can't do it. Advanced Hood Cleaning Solutions, 585, baby. I don't know what 585 is, but yo, appreciate you for watching, for tuning in. Everybody that has been watching, how has your week been going so far? How are you doing? How you feeling? Huh? Are you sobered up? Are you ready to go? Huh? Are you tired of all this nonsense? Are you ready to are you ready to get things moving with the Baltimore Ravens? Man, if you are ready to get things going with the Baltimore Ravens, do me this favor. I want I want you to smash that like. Smash that like. Let me know how you're feeling. Smash that like cuz yo, it is Ravens week, ladies and gentlemen. Cash all the way in here. 585 is for, is Rochester. I appreciate you, Cash. Thanks for that. Thanks for that. I've got Caesar coming in here from Milford, Massachusetts. There we go. Grace and peace to you. He Dawn comes from 716 East Hammers, North Buffalo. Ladies and gentlemen, Raven187 says, yo, live in Bama now, but I miss a good old Nick G plate. I don't know what that is. I guess, I guess you're talking about a garbage plate. I got to try it. I got to try it. It looked nasty on TV, especially when I saw how they made it. It looked gross. But I ain't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not afraid. I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to try it. But yo, I'm ready. I am ready for tonight's show. I've got, I've got, you know, I've got some topics that I want to, I want to discuss. We're going to talk about the importance, ladies and gentlemen, the importance the importance of this game. The importance of this game. I don't know. I don't, I'm not too sure if you realize it or not, but this game that we're playing right well, not weird, but the Buffalo, you know what I'm talking about. The Bills are playing this Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens is extremely important. It has a lot of weight. And we're going to talk about why this game in particular is a must win game for the Bills. We have to talk about that. Why this game is so critically important for the Bills and why they must win this game. We're going to get all into that. We're going to talk about the matchups. Uh, we're going to talk about some key matchups to look out for um, um, as, we, as we are previewing the Ravens game. We're going to talk about, you know, the Baltimore Ravens and what we need to be looking out for. You know, what, to, what can we expect? Lamar Jackson is that man. Looks like he's on a mission. No doubt, um, but we can't, we can't, we can't start off without, without even um, talking about the injuries, right? Because I don't know about you, but for me, this was like the most important piece of news, right? Uh, all week. I mean, after the game and then we got, I mean, we go to Monday and then Tuesday and today, yo, for me, it's all, it's, it's been, it's been about the injuries. It's, it's been about the injuries. Like, I, I'm like, look. What does the injury report look like, right? What, is, what does that look like? And uh, because that's going to let me know, I guess I, guess, I, guess I can say that's, that's gonna, that will determine how I really feel about this game going forward, right? I'm not here to make no excuses. It is what it is, next man up. We got all that cliche garbage out the way. You know what I'm saying? We know all about all that. But we, can't, we, we cannot underestimate the importance of having a healthy roster. Okay, let's not act like, you know, losing all these guys 
It does not affect the Bills' performance. They're starters for a reason, <laughs> okay? And so when we, when, we, when we look into it, to me, that, that's, what, that's what it was about. It's, it's, it's been about, yo, how many guys are we getting back, right? What does it look like? And um, I, had, I had made a post um, on Twitter earlier, earlier today when the Bills put out the injury report. And man, I look, and I, I said something. I, it's, it's the truth, man. I, was, I said, I said, yo, I, I cannot. I never thought that I'd be so happy to see so many quote unquote limited designations in all of my life. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, 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 it's the truth though, because we saw how daunting that, that report looked last week. And then man, all eyes were on this report that was coming out this week. All eyes were on it. Right. Uh, I mean, shoot, even Tupac was looking at it. Pac was looking at it. And so, <laughs> and so when, I, when I go through it this week and I'm looking, Ryan Bates did not participate. Okay. Christian Benford did not participate, which we, we, we expected that, right? Broken hand, just had surgery. I get it. Deion Dawkins did not participate. I'm like, oh, but it said he had an illness. So what type of illness did he have? I don't know. I don't, I'm not too sure if, if anybody even if that was even talked about, I don't, I'm not too sure. I didn't get a chance to check in on all of those, uh, on all those reports and, and, and conferences, whatever, but, but nevertheless, he didn't participate today. But then uh, we look at Jay Kumaro ankle did not participate. We, 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 we expected that Von Miller came up on a, on a do not participate, but it was a veteran rest day for him um, as well as Roger Saffold. And then Jordan Phillips didn't participate as well with the hamstring injury, which we can expect him to be out probably, you know, um, a couple of weeks. Um, with a hamstring injury, but everybody else, Gabe Davis, Dane Jackson, yo, yo, how encouraging was it to actually see Dane Jackson walk on the field, the practice field today, after the injury that he sustained? That looked like something that he would, it didn't look like, he, th that injury did not look good, right? And then we heard reports about how he, 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 uh, he walked out of the hospital, right? The Bills, did a great job, right? Playing it safe. Um, but then to see my brother, man, um, actually make it to the practice field today and participate, that's, man, that's a blessing. That is, that is a blessing indeed. And so um, kudos to, to Dane Jackson, man. Uh, uh, man, that was, that was, that was, he, that, that, that brother escaped. He definitely escaped. So it was good to see him on the field. Um, but then we looked at the rest of the, the rest of the report. So we got Dane Jackson back. We got Dawson Knox limited with the back or hip injuries, what it says. Um, Cam Lewis, limited. Mitch Morse, limited. Um, Justin Murray, limited. Ed Oliver and Jordan Poirier, limited. That, that's, I know when you just look at it, it looks daunting. But when you look at the limiteds, that's encouraging because we are midway through the week. You got a couple more practices to go. And they got, these guys are limited. If they were DNP, then I would be worried. But they're, they're they're limited, so hopefully, hopefully, um, as everything is going on the up and up, and we can expect to see a lot of these guys back. Because man, oh man, do we need as many of these players back as possible? Because we have ourselves an incredible matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm encouraged when I look at it. Hopefully, we can get Jordan Phillips back. I mean, not Jordan Phillips. I mean Ed Oliver back. Um. Limited man, we need him. Uh, we need Mitch Morse. I want to talk about that too today. Uh, uh, a little bit later on, Mitch Morse, man. 
How important is that guy, right? Just how important has Mitch Morris been to this Buffalo Bills offensive line, right? I mean, just good old reliable, Mr. Consistent himself. Yo, is it possible that Mitch Morris is the most important player on the offense? Well, let me say that like the second most, right? Behind Josh Allen. Man, I'm with you. Don, like Don, Don says, yo, he says, yo, we need Mitch. Absolutely. We absolutely need Mitch. He is so incredibly important to this offense because we saw what happened last game, right? When he was out, um, it was a whole different thing, man. Entirely different ball game. And, 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 and we can, I mean, we can talk about it, you know, uh, and just kind of blow it off, you know, if, if you want to. But that that sensor to quarterback exchange is highly important, right? It's, you just can't throw anybody there. I mean, Greg Van Rotten, he, I mean, he did what he could, but you know what I'm saying? It, it just wasn't clean. He and Josh, they, they just weren't on the same page. And then he went down, and then so you had to bring in uh, uh, Greg Mance. It, it, just, it just wasn't a good thing. So um, hopefully we can get Mitch Morse back because we need him for this game. Uh, Dawson Knox, we need him healthy, man. We need Gabe Davis. Is it Was it me, or, 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 or did it look like Gabe Davis – um, last week, man, just didn't seem like he was fully healthy. He just didn't seem like he was himself. It seems like he may have been rushed into duty because, I mean, considering, you know what I'm saying, uh, um, the injuries and, and how how important it was to, to make sure we had as many of Josh's weapons available as possible. But he just didn't look like himself. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he just had an off game. Maybe he was fully healthy and had an off game. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite possible guys had that. But uh, I'm encouraged with him. Hopefully um, he's... He's uh, recovering well, um, and he can come back uh, for this game fully healthy because we need everybody. We definitely need everybody. Um, I see somebody in here talking about, your stomach flu going around. Uh, where is this at? Trust the process says, yo, your stomach flu going around. I um, had it for two weeks. Um, okay, okay, Scott Blakely, I appreciate that. He says, yo, it's a non-COVID illness for Deion Dawkins, so he has a cold. All right, that's that's that's, that's encouraging, right? That's good. So he so he should be back. Now, he should be back um, in a day or two. We'll see. But I, 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 if, if that's all it was, and I, I expect him to be back, that's good. So we need these guys. We need every last one of them, as many as we can, right? As many as we can, we need them back fully healthy. And, and oh, my gosh, how much do we need Jordan Poyer? <laughs> oh, man, we need Jordan Poyer. It's one thing to be without your all-pro safety, Micah Hyde. Man, and God bless Micah Hyde, man. I'm praying for him, prayers up, man, for him that he can make a a, a, a re- full recovery next year, and all that, and can come back in full strength, man. Uh, but yo, it's one thing to be without Micah Hyde, right? And and I and I get it, you know what I'm saying? We look at that depth, and we say, you know what? Hey, man, you know Jaquan Johnson and these guys, hey, you know, kudos to them, man. They do the best that they can. But at the end of the day, these guys are starters for a reason, right? They're all pros for a reason. We can't expect um, there not to be some type of a drop-off when, when other guys are coming in. Granted, we have a great scheme, we have a great system, right? That kind of covers a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of these 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 blemishes, so to speak, when guys are injured. Um, and they played admirably. I'm I'm not I'm not here to 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 you know talk badly about Jaquan Johnson or or Demar Hamlin. They did what they could. Uh, and considering you know, the task that, 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 that they were faced with, 
uh, defending Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, they did a very good job, um, especially within the scheme. The, the entire secondary did, did very good outside of a couple of plays here and there. But still, you can't just easily replace uh, an all-pro safety, right? So it was bad enough that we were without Micah Hyde. But then when Jordan Poyer came up on the injury list, I was like, yo, he's not going to be out. He's going to be out. That, that's, that's first pro, first team all pro. It's, it's, it's hard to recover from that. It really is. And so um, hopefully, man, Jordan Poyer can get back healthy with a foot injury um, and is ready to go for the Ravens matchup because they have some weapons. Um, I, I, know, I know, you know when you think about the Baltimore Ravens, the first thing you think about is their run game. But let me let I got news for you. If you ain't seen Lamar Jackson this year, you need to watch him. Because this guy is playing like, like he's on a mission. He's on a mission to make that money for one. But he's like, yo, he's got chips on all over his shoulders. Chips all, and 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 they gave him some weapons. And 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 the guy is is he's he's balling out this year. Gotta give it to him, man. I, I love Lamar Jackson. Much respect to Lamar Jackson and really that entire Ravens organization. They're, those guys men are top-notch. Um, and they've been that way for a number of years, uh, a number of years, man, from the top to the bottom. And uh, John Harbaugh, you know, a very good head coach. Um, and so kudos to those guys, man. I, it's going to be a very good matchup. But I, I love Lamar Jackson. So whenever people are talking about Lamar and they try to, you know, talk about him in a negative light, talking about him like, you know, he's just running back, you know, or he's a wide receiver. He ain't this and that. He's not that. And he can't throw the ball. All he can do is run. Look, look, you guys miss me with all that. Miss me with all of that. What else does Lamar Jackson have to prove to you guys? <laughs> the guy is an elite-level quarterback. He is. And he's proven it this year. He has proven it. And we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're definitely going to talk about that. No doubt. Um, but, man, it's good, it's good to be with you guys here. It's good to be with you guys here um, today. But you know what? As we start this show, I wanted to get into some things uh, – um, I'm not going to recap um, last. I'm not going to recap last week, um, but I did want to bring up some just some observations. But um, before I get into some some observations, I do want to talk about um, an addition that was made to the Buffalo Bills roster uh, just yesterday, and that is the addition of the wily veteran Xavier Rhodes. No relation. Or maybe he's related. I don't know. Uh, Xavier Rhodes coming on, signing up with the Buffalo Bills yesterday um, to help a much uh, to help a wounded secondary that's in need of some veteran leadership and some veteran stability. Right? I mean, we we were without Tre'Davious White. I'm not. Too, we're not too sure how long Trey's going to be out, but we could expect him to be out. You know, at least through the bye week. Um, and so we've got we've been playing uh, Dane Jackson and 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 the and the combination of both of our rookie corner corners, but then Dane Jackson was out, right? And so he missed the game. So we had both of our corners playing last week, but then Christian Benford broke his hand, and so he's been out. So he's out. So now we're we're sitting here with the with the Dane Jackson whom we're easing into the fold, right? Coming off of that injury, um, we don't want to just throw him in there, guns are blazing, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and just uh, no, we have to ease him in there, and so we have him. Uh, Kyer Elam, rookie cornerback, and some other guys like right? Cam Lewis and, and and the other guys that, that are on the on the squad. Uh, uh, um, Ingram, 
who got significant playing time last week. But that's just not something that you want to go into this game um, with, right? You want to sure up your depth to the best of your ability. And so um, it, it was no surprise that that Brandon Bean thought, you know what, it's I, I've got to add a guy to this roster. I have to add a veteran to this roster. Um, but but not just any veteran, but somebody who who was familiar with the scheme. And so um, introducing to the Buffalo Bills, we have Xavier Rhodes, um, who is a very uh, who's very familiar with the scheme because he played underneath our defensive coordinator um, slash assistant head coach Leslie Frazier back in Minnesota. So he knows everything there is to know about Leslie Frazier. Um, I don't I, I don't expect him to take a long time at all getting acclimated to the defense there may be some different nuances that he has to learn maybe some different language I'm not too sure but he has a good solid foundation because he's he was he's been playing he you know he played with uh, or under I should say Leslie Frazier in his defense for a number of years while while Frazier was the head coach in Minnesota um and um this defense now Granted, it's probably a mixture of Frazier's defense and uh, Sean McDermott, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be difficult for for Xavier Rose to pick up on it. He's a veteran; he's been in the league what ten years now, um, and so I think that was a very, very smart move by Brandon Bean. Um, and so, uh, man, we've got we've got a uh, we got a good one now. When I when I watched him, uh, he was you know his, he had his, his little, little uh, I don't want to call it a press conference, but you know he was being interviewed you know in the locker room. Um, when he when he came to Buffalo, and um, he he was he was talking about him being uh, being recruited, right by Bills players. Um, he was he, who who recruited him? I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, it was was it Stephon? Was it Diggs? Did he say Diggs recruited him? I think it was Diggs. I know he played with Diggs um, in Minnesota, but I think it was Diggs. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, in the chat. Let me know who it was. But he did say that he was recruited. And so, I mean, that, that, that's, that's good, man. That, that, that goes to show you, first of all, I mean, we've got a great group of guys in the locker room and they understand talent and they understand character, right? And, and Xavier Rose, man, he, 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 is, he is no different, right? This, this guy, you can, you can tell guys who are, who are cut from the Buffalo Bills cloth, right? Even though they may have spent the majority of their career on another team, it's like, it's like a perfect fit, man. It's like a, they fit like a glove. When they come here, if they're the right guys, they just, they just slide right in and they fit perfectly. And Xavier Rhodes, Poyer, there you go. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It, yeah, Jordan Poyer. And, I, and I'm sure, no doubt, King, uh, uh, that it was Diggs as well. So Diggs and Poyer because Diggs played with him. Um, but, yeah, it, it was Jordan Poyer that, that he had mentioned specifically um, recruiting him because he works out with him in the offseason down there in South Florida. That's what it was. Thanks for uh, jogging my memory, um, for reminding me. But yeah, so the, he just fits, right? I mean, early impressions, right? Uh, he he just seems to fit like a glove, and it, it you know, and it helps out when you have a, a great locker room that like the Buffalo Bills do. And so um, I'm expecting um, Xavier Rhodes not only to fit in uh, um, nicely, but I'm expecting him to get called upon this week. I am. Um, I know there there may be some people who think that that he's you know he's probably going to be inactive or or if he is activated he may not do anything this year this uh, this this week. I find it I find it hard to believe that when you consider the the fact that that Christian Benford is out for a few weeks with a broken hand, right? Um, and then you got Dane Jackson being eased into the fold that you would sign a guy like Xavier Rhodes only to deactivate him this week and 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 see if he plays the following week. Right. 
when you when when Dane Jackson will likely be fully healthy and fully ready to go, you know, because then otherwise it's like, well, then what's the purpose? So I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get some playing time this week. How much? I'm not too sure yet. It's very early in the week, but because that he, because he's familiar with the scheme and the system, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he sees um, um, a good a good chunk of time um, as we face the, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I do want to say this. I want to temper our expectations, though. Um, right? I want to temper our expectations about what we can expect out of Xavier Rhodes on the field. Um, I mean, there's no question he's he's not the same guy that he once was while when he was in his prime, right? But you never know, man, how guys perform. You, you, you just never know. You never know, man. Change the scenery, get in a, in, 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 in a scheme, man, that, that fits him well. Uh, you know, he 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 could he could he could surprise some guys, man. You know what I'm saying? He 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 may he may he may dip into the fountain of youth. <laughs> you know, you, you never know. You never know um, what a guy will look like. I'm encouraged about him, though. I, I love the addition of him. Um, I was Team Joe Hayden, um, but I, I don't know why I wasn't even thinking about Xavier Rhodes. But when they when I, when word was out that he was visiting the Bills, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, 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 that that guy's gonna be good. Because when you look at when you look at him, though, just just the eyeball test, right? You look at Xavier Rhodes. He is a he's a big physical cornerback. Right? He is a big guy, and we're talking we're thinking about who is he replacing? Who is he stepping in for? Right? Um, obviously, you got, you got Dane Jackson coming back uh, slowly, but it, Christian Benford, right? Christian Benford is a big guy, but when you have Xavier Rhodes, man, Xavier Rhodes is six one, six one, six one. Is it six one? No, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Because now I'm looking at NFL. Yeah, 6'1", 210. He's a big cornerback. He's a big cornerback. And so you've got that physical nature that you're that, that, that you're missing out of a Christian Benford. And so it makes sense to add a guy like, like Xavier Rhodes, who we know throughout his career has been a physical cornerback. Um, he's a press man corner, but I do believe that he could play some zone. We'll see um, how he how he fits into this particular scheme. Um um, as he gets playing time, um, hopefully this week. But he's a physical guy, man. He's a physical guy, and uh, he still has that that he still has that grown man strength at the end of the day, which is gonna bode well. And he's a tackler. He is a tackler. So um, I'm excited about him. Um, I'm excited to see what Xavier Rhodes is gonna bring uh, to the table. And but just just from a veteran stability standpoint, of nothing more than that, right? But you know what else I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, man? I'm excited. I am excited to welcome Don Handsome to the Bing Squad. Yo, Don, appreciate you, man. He is a new member to the, 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 to the squad. Yo, I, I, yo, I'm not Rico. I don't, I don't have a bell. I don't have a bell. But, yo, kudos, brother. Welcome to the squad, man. I appreciate you for joining Don Handsome, new member. Everybody who is tuning in right now live, everybody who is in the chat, do me this favor, man. You'll drop some mics for Don Hansen. Give him some love and welcome him to the squad. Let's go. So, yeah, Xavier Rhodes, man, is going to be good, I think, uh, for us. Um, and it gives us a little bit of, like, breathing room, right? When you look at, man, when you just look at, at, at the, the depth or lack thereof in the secondary, when, you have a, when you're able to bring in a guy like Xavier Rhodes, it, it it at least lets you exhale a little bit, right? A little sigh of relief, a sigh of relief. You're like, oh, okay, okay, right? We're not in 
as bad of a shape as we thought, you know. But at the end of the day, man, he's there. And if and and if Dane Jackson comes back and he's and he proves to be fully healthy and and, and man, Xavier Rose is just there, you know, um, on the sideline, man, or just in the locker room. Hey, I'm all for it because just the 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 you can't underestimate his value, man. Just a ten year vet like that who's been there, done that. We have a young cornerback room already as it is we got two rookies that, that have been getting significant playing time in the, in the in the first three weeks of the season already dane jackson is a young cornerback as well and so a guy like xavier rhodes can only only um help this cornerback room but what say you man how do you guys feel about the addition of xavier rhodes how do you guys feel about him um i'm looking through the chat here um uh where is it at um Okay, so Matt, Matt, Matt Ward comes in and says, yo, Xavier Rhodes is mid. That's why he was a free agent. Yeah, I mean, I get it, man. I, I mean, I get it. I'm not, like I said, I, I'm, I'm tempering my expectations. We have to temper our expectations. I'm not saying that he's, he's garbage. I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying that he's, you know, uh, not going to be able to, to help us out in any uh, fashion whatsoever. But you just never know, man. You, do, you just never know um, when a guy comes in, he gets a, he gets, he gets a phone call. You know, uh, and he gets an opportunity. You never know, especially when he's familiar with the system like, like Leslie Frazier's. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 excited about it. We'll see. We'll see. If anything, like I mentioned earlier, man, I'm I'm just I'm just encouraged and 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 more more or less, I'm relieved that at least in that particular uh, position room, we can breathe a little bit. We have a little bit of breathing room, right? But now let's 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 hope that you know and, and pray, man, that we get that we get Jordan Poirier back to really uh, make things much much more comfortable, right? Much more comfortable. Um, yo, Raven one eight seven. He says, Yo, Xavier is a smart player. I um, think he can transition into safety if needed. It will help coach up the rookies. Absolutely, especially that you know uh, you know the, he's a smart player. Ten years in the league, you can't discredit that, right? He's been in the league that long for a reason. He's a good player. He's smart. Um, but then the fact that he can help coach up the rookies, that, 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 that's what's needed, right? That's what's needed. And then especially when you look at his, at his skill set, right? Xavier Rhodes is a physical press man cornerback. That's been his ammo, right? Who else do we have on the roster right now? A young cornerback who's a physical press man cornerback. Kyrie Elam, right? Kyrie Elam coming out of Florida, a physical press man cornerback who struggled at times right he's been kind of handsy a little bit a little grabsy right do you think that the addition of xavier rhodes would help a guy like kair elam learn how to use his physicality um to his advantage without getting caught without getting in trouble right without catching these flags you know what i'm saying i, I think you can only bode well for kair elam Learning from a guy like Xavier Rhodes, a big physical cornerback in himself, teaching him different technique. It's one thing to be taught, you know what I'm saying, from your positional coach. But when you have other players, especially veterans who have been there and done that in the league, been successful in the league, especially a guy like Xavier Rhodes, these rookies are going to eat it up. They're going to eat it up, man, because Kyrie Elam already has Trey, Trey White teaching him teaching him the ropes so 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 Kyrie Elam has got the best of both worlds man he's, he's learning he's learning how to be a pro and learning the ins and outs 
of, of playing zone in this scheme by Trey White, right, who's been there the entire time as he's been rehabbing his injury. But now you add in a guy like Xavier Rose, who's a physical press man corner, teaching him those techniques and those skills as, as well. This guy's going to be well-rounded. So I'm talking about Kyrie Elam here. So, so I'm, 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 I'm definitely encouraged. Who, who when he talks about, you know, get, get Vontae Davis, get out of here with that. <laughs> get out of here with that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, it, it's encouraging, man. It, 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 it definitely is encouraging. But, you know, um, I want to move on with the, to the, to the, with the show because, um, as I mentioned, we've, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, tonight, um, we're definitely going get, to get, get into the Ravens matchup um, and talk about how, um, how important this game is for the Buffalo Bills um, and why this is a must-win game for the team. But before we get into that, uh, I, I, I do want to talk about some early Bills observations. I've got some early observations, man. As I, you know, three weeks in, I mean, well, this is, you know, entering the fourth week here. Um, there's been some things that I've noticed, some things that I've, I've looked at um, throughout, you know, this the early parts of the season that I want to shed some light on. And I want you guys, as you guys are watching, um, those who are watching live, um, you know, uh, let me know in the chat. And even if you're listening to this, you know, I'm saying on, on podcast uh, format, um, hey, Dude, look, you can always come back to the replay and comment in the video, or you can always go, go to our page, you know, but follow, go to supportbf.com, follow us on all of our social media platforms, whatever, and just, just drop a comment, man. Shoot us up, shoot us a DM, whatever. Follow me on, on Twitter at rated rev, you know what I'm saying? And say, yo, rev, these are my thoughts. I wasn't able to watch you live, but I heard you on the podcast. These are my thoughts. These are my observations about the Buffalo Bills so far, um, three and a half going on four weeks into the season. Let me know, man. I want to, I want to hear from you. I definitely want to hear from you as I get a sip of some good old cold beverage there. So observation number one for me, and this is a big one. This, this, this is a big one for me um, because, man, I, I just, it's, you know, we have, I mean, there's been some high expectations of the Bills, right? High expectations of the Bills. Um, going into this season, right? I mean, we we already know it. You know, entering the off season, there was a whole lot of hype and a whole lot of talk about the Bills being, you know, number one in, in power rankings and and being the 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 favorites, not just to to make it to the Super Bowl, but to actually win the Super Bowl. And and so the Bills entered into the season with a whole lot of pressure, right? A whole lot of pressure. And. For the most part, the first couple of weeks in, it seemed like it didn't it didn't phase the Bills whatsoever, right? They 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 went in to handle business week one against the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, put a beat up beat down on them 31-10, and then backed it up in week two with their season opener against the the uh, former number one AFC seed Tennessee Titans, beat the absolute living daylights out of them at home, and then. Entered into week three and lost against the Dolphins. Okay, lost against the Dolphins. But through those three weeks, um, especially when I looked at last week in particular, last week in particular really made me just like, hold on a second, what is going on here? What is going on here? And so I so I looked at last week's game and, and just just looked at lips and then and I went to look to the Titans and. And the and the Rams game, and I'm looking, and I'm like, yo, I'm starting to see a trend here. I know it's early, I know it's early, but I'm curious to know. And here's my early season observation number one. 
which is a big one. Is there too much on Josh Allen's plate? Is there too much on Josh Allen's plate? Let me know what you think right now in the comment section. Let me know in the chat. Um, and then as I mentioned, if you're listening to this on podcast version format, drop me a, a, a chat, drop me a message, a DM, you know, hit me up, whatever the case may be, because I want to hear you guys' thoughts on it. Is it too much on Josh Allen's plate? I know there's a lot of opinions about this, right? Um, a lot of people talk about it. They say, yo, um, I want more of Josh, right? It's like they just can't get enough of Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen, and I get it, Josh Allen has reached the level of superstardom um, in this league. Um, and, and we have been, we have been uh, firsthand witnesses to the growth and development of Josh Allen ever since he came out of Wyoming and became the Bills' number seven overall draft pick in 2018, despite a lot of people who didn't want him drafted, myself included. I wanted the other Josh, but you know, I, I'm not afraid to admit that I was incredibly wrong, and I'm glad that I was wrong. But we saw his development, right? We saw him from 2018, and we saw and we heard all the talk, right? All the people, all the naysayers talking about how how awful of a pick that was and how awful Josh Allen is and, and how inaccurate of a quarterback he is. And he's got a lot of work to do and I don't think there's any hope for him. And this, and everybody was just, was just talking about him and just, just poo-pooing on him. Right. Um, but, but then you, you see him, you know, as a rookie and, you, and you're like, well, I mean, some of it is warranted, right? Some, some of it is warranted, but they just were willing just to, just to um, put, put the nail in the man's coffin as a rookie that he just wasn't going to be any good. When we saw the slow progression, the slow development of Josh Allen over the course of four, what, five years now, and Josh has, has, he has made such tremendous strides in his performance over the years that now, <laughs> which is funny now, people are, are, are trying to make those comparisons, you know what I'm saying, with other quarterbacks. They're trying to say, well, well, my quarterback, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, you know, wasn't, you know, isn't all that good, you know, as in his rookie year. But but when you look at Josh Allen, there's hope, right? So now a guy that was that was that was essentially crapped on from the moment he was drafted to now five years in, is he's now being elevated to the point to where people are now using him as a as a as a barometer, right? As a standard for their quarterbacks. I think it's very, I think, I think it's funny, right? When people do this. I look. There's only one Josh Allen, right? You, you're not, you're just not gonna be able to find him. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, no matter how hard these people try, you're not gonna be able to say that. You know, my quarterback though, he struggled in year one. He, I have hope because Josh Allen did it. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? But he's 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 like a, he's like a he's a I mean, he's a unicorn in that in that in that sense, right? And so it's no wonder that us as Bills fans. We get so excited about him, right? We get excited about his performance. We get excited about seeing him. We've seen his growth. We've seen his development up close. We want to see more of him, right? Uh, 2020, he had an MVP caliber season all the way to the AFC Championship game, almost seemingly out of nowhere, just jump, tremendous jump, right? Tremendous leap. And then he backed it up again the following year, last year, um, had another MVP caliber season. And it seems like every year he just gets better and better and better and better and better. And this year, it seems like he's just, he's getting better 
as well. It's like how much more, how much better can this man get? But it does bring me some concern. Not, 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 not his, not his ability. I'm not concerned with his ability at all. But what I am concerned about is his responsibility. You hear me? The amount of responsibility that Josh Allen has on his plate playing for the Buffalo Bills is a lot. It is a lot. We talk about players carrying their, 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 their team on the shoulders and carrying their city on the shoulders. Look, Josh Allen is carrying all of it. He is carrying all of it. He's carrying all of it. And I'm wondering, like, is it too much? Is it too much? Is it a recipe for success? Right? When you look at, 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 at how much Josh Allen is tasked with week in and week out, having to will his team to victory almost every week, is it too much? Is it a re- is it a recipe for success? Because people say, "Yo, Rev, yo, man, I, I, yo, yo, yo give, give Josh Allen the ball. Don't, don't, don't get don't, look. Do not take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands." And I get where people are coming from when they say that. But is it a recipe? Is, is it really a recipe for success, or a recipe for burnout? Oh man, man, that was so good. I got to repeat myself. Is it a recipe for success or is it a recipe for burnout? Think about it for a moment. Think about it. And go back, if you will, to a guy who is in in, in, in many ways comparable to Josh Allen, especially um, directly as it relates to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. And the guy I'm talking about is Cam Newton. It's Cam Newton. Now, before you say Rev, you know, Josh is way better than Cam Newton. Look, look, that's not what I'm talking about here. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Look at the, 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 the archetype of these players, right? And then look at when they came onto the teams and they, and they, they, they came on, how much responsibility was placed on their shoulders. Look at Cam Newton over the years. He exploded onto the scene. The NFL had not seen the likes of a player like Cam Newton, 6'5", 245, running guy, mowing people over at the quarterback position. A cannon of an arm, throwing in a country mile, laser arm, deadly accurate. The guy, was, the guy was incredible. Say what you want about Cam Newton, but man, when Cam Newton came out of Auburn, he took the league by storm. MVP season. Took his team to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton was a phenomenal quarterback with the Carolina Panthers, especially when he was in his prime. But because of his physical nature, because the guy was so big and so fast, they used him a lot. Not only was he, you know, tasked with being, you know, the franchise quarterback and 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 and, uh, and putting up ungodly numbers, man, to, to guys like like Steve Smith Sr. and and other players, but he was he was also, in many cases, in many respects, their running back. He was the Carolina Panthers running back. He was their running game. He was their quarterback. He was all of that, right? And uh, he was successful doing it for a short while. People looked at him and was like, yo, he's a robot. He's a brick, 6'5", 245, 250. You know what I'm saying? 
But over the course of time, that physical nature that he played with and that the, that the, 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 the Panthers expected him to play with, it took a toll on him. It took a toll on his body. His usage was just ridiculous. And it affected him. We saw it throughout the, the, you know, as the years progressed, we saw injury after injury after injury, right? To the point to where he was a shell of himself. Got dealt from the from the Panthers, went to the Patriots. We saw what that looked like. The guy couldn't even, he couldn't even throw the ball 10 yards down the field, man. It, he, just, he just wasn't himself anymore. Shoulder shot, got beat up. Got absolutely beat up. And you say, Rev, but that's not going to be Josh Allen. Are you sure? Are how how can you be so sure? Because when I look at it, when I look when I look at when I when I look at the production that Josh Allen is putting up, it's hard for me not to make that comparison. It's extremely hard for me not to make that comparison. And what, because look, Josh Allen already three games into the season, we haven't even touched our matchup. And and, and mind you, Josh Allen spent at least an entire quarter of football sitting on the sidelines eating sunflower seeds, okay? Let me preface that. Let me preface what I'm about to say with that. So far, three games into the season, Josh Allen already accounts for over 1,100 yards of total offense, 10 total touchdowns, and has passed the ball 132 times. 132 times. Last week against the Dolphins, my man had what over 60 pass attempts in blazing, scorching South Florida heat at the brink of probably heat exhaustion. And they and they had that man throwing the ball 60 times. 60. That's, that's ridiculous. That's absurd. That's an absurd amount of, of pass attempts. 132 pass attempts in three games played so far. Minus, I guess you can say, really say two and a half games. Or, or, or you know what I'm saying? Because he spent over a, at least a good quarter or, or and more sitting on the sidelines. 1,127 yards of total offense by Josh Allen. 10 touchdowns, 132 pass attempts. But that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. Josh Allen leads the team again. Like, what else is new? He leads his team in rushing yards already. He's 19 of a, for 113 rushing yards so far. Then you look at the rest of the, the running backs, the guys who should be getting the ball. Motor Singletary, second place. He's supposed to be, he's RB1, second place. He's got, he's 23 attempts for 80 yards. Zach Moss, 13 for 78. Our second round pick, James Cook, 13 for 58. But here, here is Josh Allen once again leading the team in rushing. Like, when is enough enough? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When is enough enough for Josh Allen already? Like, like I, 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 I get it. He is an incredible player. One of the elite quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. Absolutely. Top five quarterback. You can argue top three if you want to. Top five NFL quarterback right now. Josh Allen. 
young but superstar quarterback. Tremendous talent. 6'5", 240. We know he can throw the ball a country, a country mile. Has incredible arm strength. Has developed accuracy that people who poo-pooed on him didn't never never thought he would be able to, to, to develop. Right? Can run like a deer. Run linebackers over. Who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? I don't, it sounds a whole lot like Cam Newton to me. A whole lot like Cam Newton to me. A whole lot. But yet and still, we got people wanting to see more and more of Josh Allen. And I look back to that, to that, to that, that Miami Dolphins game, the end of the game. And, I, and, and I've said this before. Um, I've, I've been mentioned of it, and we all seen it. Just that shot, right? At the end of the game, when he was, um, when he was, when he uh, and Tua, you know, greeted each other at at at, in, in, at the at the end of the game, and Josh laid in 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 the in the arms and the shoulder of Tua, and Tua was just consoling him, right? Just like patting him. I, t- I talked about how how bad those optics look, right? I'm like, and I've said it. I said to myself, I'm like, you look, yo, man, that's a bad look for Josh. He don't need to be laying on on on, on Tua like that, man. He's this is a team that he's owned. Um, this is a bad look, Josh. You know, uh, you know, you need to you know do to do that at home or do that in the locker room. I was a little callous about the situation, but I but 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 without understanding the fact of the matter is, this guy just poured his heart and soul into that game, understanding the conditions that he was faced with, <laughs> right? The weather conditions that he was faced with. The guy, no doubt, had to be in exhausted at the point of extreme exhaustion when the offense was on the field how many plays what 90 something plays on offense josh allen threw the ball 60 times that game and that type of (laughs) conditions under those circumstances under the circumstances where he had to put the team on his shoulder because of so many guys across his offensive line getting injured, running for his life. I mean, that man was exhausted. So it's no wonder. <laughs> no wonder when he came to it, he just laid his head down. Bro, was t- he was about to pass out. He was about to pass out. Absolutely. But it, but it, was, but it, was, it was more than just that game. It was a picture of, of, of exhaustion in my eyes of having to carry this team, especially this offense, on his shoulders week in and week out. When is somebody else going to step up? I know we've got Stephon Diggs. And Diggs is off to a great start as well. But I'm not talking about just that. I'm not talking about just that. How can you ensure that Josh is not tasked with the ability or tasked with the responsibility of carrying the team on his shoulders. How do you do it? How do you do it? Well, I'll tell you what. Head coach Sean McDermott and, 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 and Brandon Bean, they, had, they talked a big game in the offseason about their plans. But what have we seen so far? What were their plans? Let me tell you. Let me tell you their plans. At the combine, if you remember, if you remember carefully, if you remember, at the combine, both Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean had press conferences at the combine, right? And at that particular time, 
Um, they had made some additions. Sean McDermott specifically had made additions to his coaching staff. Um, hiring Joe Brady to be his new quarterback coach, right? He had, we, we knew that he had hired uh, or promoted Ken Dorsey to be the offensive coordinator, but then he added Aaron Cromer to be the offensive line coach. Um, once Bobby Johnson um, left to be the O-line coach with Brian Dable in New York. But what was said at that conference? What was said at, 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 during this press conference? At the combine press conference, Sean McDermott said this. He said, he said, in reference to the offensive coaching additions, he said that it gives him the chance to reset and rebrand themselves. Adding guys like Joe Brady, Ken Dorsey, but specifically Aaron Cromer, as a question uh, was, 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 was uh, asked, he said it gives him the chance offensively to reset and rebrand. And then we remember hearing Brandon Bean talk about their goal of protecting Josh Allen with an improved offensive line, which is what we saw him doing, which is why he was so aggressive in getting Roger Saffold, right? One of his, his top key free agent acquisitions in free agency this year, adding a guy like him, bringing back uh, Ryan Bates to solidify the offensive line, right? Getting rid of Daryl Williams, John Feliciano, right? And so that was the goal. That was a goal. Improve the offensive line, but then on top of that, to have a more balanced offensive approach. I know I can hear you guys already talk about how we don't need balance. Why do we need balance when we got Josh Allen? And when Josh Allen is freaking <laughs> accounting for over 1,100 yards of offense, the guy threw for 60 plus times last week. He's got 10 touchdowns, 132 pass attempts, leads the team in rushing. Do you think the guy needs it? Can you can the guy get some help? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You mean to tell me he doesn't need he he does he's not asking for balance? You don't think he wants balance? Sean McDermott was talking about it. That's what he wanted. He wanted a balanced approach to offense. But three games into the season already, it seems as though that is not happening. It seems like it's not happening. And Brian Bowers, man, look, uh, hey, I don't know, man. I don't know. Brian Bowers comes in and says, yo, I'm convinced that McDermott is the reason why we don't run with the backs. I can't believe two different offensive coordinators and O-line coaches refuse to run with the running backs and use Josh Allen. And I don't know, Brian. I mean, I really don't. This, this, it baffles me here. It really baffles me. I, I am utterly confused. I don't get it. And I was one to blame Brian Dable and blame uh, Bobby Johnson. Like, oh, well, maybe he just wasn't, you know, that good of an O-line coach. But now in New York, they don't seem to have a problem running the ball. Now, I get it. They got Saquon Barkley. So when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley, it helps. So maybe, is it is it possible that the reason why Brian Dable and company didn't run the ball so much last year is because they didn't have anybody that, that <laughs> you know what I'm saying? in the backfield that they trusted. Maybe it's the same thing this year so far. Huh? Maybe Aaron Cromer's like, or maybe Ken Dorsey's like, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know, man. There's so many questions there. So many questions. 
it it doesn't make any sense. It de- like is it is it like is it is it coaching, right? Is it Ken is it Ken Dorsey? Is it scheme? Is it uh is it philosophy from him? Is it is it the O line? Is it is it the O is it Aaron Cromer? Is he has he taken a step back? You know what I'm saying? Or is it is it the running back? So like, what is the problem? Why is it that sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a swole member. And for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home Club for details. We can't run the ball for nothing. We have zero running game. And you sit here and you look at your quarterback and you say, well, because we have Josh Allen on the team, on the roster, we're, we don't need to run the ball. Are you kidding me? You want to burn this guy out? Because that's what it's looking like. Because that's exactly how it's looking. 17-game season. My man is already exhausted. He exhausted last week. And you're going to put that on the shoulders again and again and again and again and then continue to and then expect him, you know what I'm saying, assuming we make the playoffs, expect him to turn it up another notch and take and will this team to the Super Bowl and will this team to win it. Come on now. Like at what point do we just say, look, I get it. Josh Allen is incredible. He's an incredible talent. He's a unicorn. But, yo, if we're not careful, we are going to beat this man to death. And I say that tongue in cheek, right? I'm not talking about. I'm not talking literally. I'm talking. I'm saying figur- figuratively, right? Like this guy is gonna. Be, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna beat this. This. This horse to where he has nothing left. We can't do that, man. We. we there's. There's no way. There's absolutely no way. And Silas Willow comes in with the super chat. Silas, I appreciate you, man. He says, "Yo, Rev, they have to get the run game going." And I. So I, I mean, I, I agree a thousand percent. They have to. He goes on to say, yo, I think it's I think it's more an O-line issue. They need to develop chemistry. They've only played six quarters together. You may have a you may have a point. You may have a point. Right? And and and, and granted, you know, this, I mean, this whole offseason, right? We never, we never got to see the O-line, at least the starting five O-linemen playing together the offseason, right? Because they're hurt. A lot of them were hurt, so we didn't get we they, they didn't get help until like the final preseason game, and so yeah, that that you may have a have a valid point, Silas. I don't know, man. It just it, but but it seems like to me it seems like the only way because you mentioned you know they've only played six games they need to develop chemistry. Well, how how do you develop chemistry apart from running the ball? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like the chemistry is just not going to develop. You know what I'm saying? Like out of thin air. It's just not going to magically appear one day. You have to get the reps in. Well, how, where are these reps coming from? The practice only? No, you got in-game reps, man. You've got to practice it. And you have to be willing to sacrifice some things here. And this is what I'm, here's what I'm talking about. Here's what I'm talking about, what you have to be willing to sacrifice. If you're trying to develop the O-line chemistry because you missed out on that in, in, in training camp and in the preseason due to injuries, and you're trying to develop that chemistry and get these guys on the same page, and you think that that's the, the issue with the O-line and with the running game, then you have to be willing to sacrifice 
um, big numbers, right, or high scoring attempts. You know what I'm saying? Uh, to develop that run, to develop the run game, you you, you can't run the ball ten times a game and expect you to have some chemistry running the rock. And then and then while we're on this topic, can we please? And I mean, please. I don't know. I don't have. I don't have the 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 the, the influence. But maybe somebody out there does. If you can get a hold of Sean McDermott or the coaches, can you please tell them, pass them along, pass this message along to them? Enough with Zach Moss. I don't want to see Zach Moss. I don't want to see this 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 three man running back committee. I don't want to see it at all. Pick a guy for crying out loud. Stick with him. How do you expect a running back to get in the groove of the game when he's only when he only has a handful of carries? And you move, you're subbing him in and out with another guy and another guy. And another, come on, man. Like, really? And why is it that we have a, the, why is it also that we are content with having this three-headed running back by committee when our offensive ph- philosophy does not lend itself to that type of a run game anyway? We're not a run-first team. We're not the Tennessee Titans. We're not the New York Giants. Right? We're not the Cleveland Browns. We're not these guys with workhorse backs where the entire offense is geared around the running back in the running game. We know it's geared around the pass game. And the and the run game should supplement the pass. Right? So why the need for a committee? You don't are you telling me that that are you telling me that motor can't handle 15 carries again? You mean to tell me he can't handle that? Come on, it, like it makes absolutely I'm confused. Somebody educate me like I'm a like I'm a, a fifth grader. Make it make sense to me. <laughs> make it make sense to me. I don't get it. I do not get it one bit. It, I'm with you, Paul. It, it, blow, it blows my mind too. It blows my mind too, man. He says, yo, it blows my mind when I see Motor running well and then see Moss get the next two runs up the middle and get no gain. Makes no sense. Absolutely. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. So here's what here, here's my suggestion. My suggestion is this, and I ain't no coach, I'm no GM, so take it for with a grain of salt. It is just my observation as a fan. I think that the offense needs to move to a systematic approach on offense. And here's what I mean by that. Look at when you look at the defense, the defense is not built on any one man. It's built on a collective. I'm talking about the Bills defense, that is. It's built on a collective. You can't say you can't single out one man in the on, on the defensive side of the ball and say this guy is the engine that that right, runs the entire defense. Without him, we're done. And I get it. We're talking about the quarterback position, so you can't really compare it like that to a degree. I get, I get it. Your quarterback is the most important position on the field. I understand that. But here's what I'm saying: when you look at our defense, it's why they can lose two All-Pro safeties. An all-pro cornerback in Trey White lose multiple players across the defensive line, start two rookie cornerbacks and two backup safeties, and keep two of the top five wide receivers basically in check for most of last week's game. It's the system. And Sean McDermott always talks about, you know, it's not, it's, it's you know, do your 111th, right? Do your 111th. It's the system. It's the system. Well, why, well where's the system on offense? Why is a system on offense named Josh Allen? You know what I'm saying? Like, where are the other guys carrying their, 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 their part? Where are the other guys doing their 111th? Huh? 
Well, how, how come Motor ain't doing his one eleventh? Or maybe he's trying, but, but, but the coaching staff ain't letting him. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out because it makes, it makes no sense, man. And Silas comes in with another super chat. Yo, he says, yo, look, can we stop using – Silas, I just said that. Man. I agree. Can we stop using Moss into the game? Singletary should have no less than 12 to 15 carries a game. We have elite athletes on the line. Get them in space. So, oh, Silas, I'm glad that you mentioned the O-line. I'm so glad you mentioned the O-line, man. So glad. And I'm going to talk about that because that's exactly <laughs> what we need to talk about and exactly what we need to focus on. Get Zach Moss out of there. Get him out. The only time I want to see Zach Moss is, in, is, is, is maybe at the goal line, maybe in the fourth quarter we got a lead. We want to run the clock out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Play that fourth-minute offense. Devin Singletary needs a blow because he's been, you know, he's been running a lot. That's it. All of this in-and-out stuff, miss me with all that. Pick a, pick a running back. Make sure you pick the right one for that matter and stick with it. If all you're expecting your running backs to get collectively, when you look at it, is about 15 attempts a game, let Motor handle that. Let him get into a groove. Let the O-line get into a groove, man. Jeez, they cannot, and I repeat, they cannot, they cannot re continue to rely so heavily on Josh Allen. They can't do it. They cannot do it. They can't continue to rely on Josh Allen, who currently leads the NFL. Listen, he currently leads the NFL in passing yards, is number two in, touchdown in, in, in touchdowns and interceptions, and third in QBR. Watch this. All the while leading his team in rushing and expect him and expect him not to show signs of wear and tear or just sheer burnout at some point throughout the 17-game season, not even including the playoffs when you expect him to turn it up another notch. Right now, when you look at Josh Allen's numbers, and this it, look, it looks great. It looks fantastic on paper. But I don't know how any human being can survive this. Josh Allen right now is on pace for, watch, listen to this, 533 for 748. I'm talking about completions to passing attempts. 533 completions to 748 passing attempts. 5,746 passing yards. Let me say that again. Josh Allen is on pace to pass for 5,746 yards. Passed for 51 touchdowns, rushed for 640 yards, have five rushing touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and have a 109.8 rating. Think about that. Let that soak in for a minute. Let that marinate for a second. If Josh Allen is, continues his pace, and happens to pass for over 5,700 yards, he will shatter the NFL record for most passing yards in a season that was, that's currently being held by Peyton Manning, the 2013 MVP who had 5,477 yards while with the Broncos. Oh, but get this. When Peyton Manning broke the record, the passing record, which still stands to this day, 
You say, well, Peyton Manning had 5,400 yards. Rev, what are you talking about? Here's the difference. That same year, the Denver Broncos also had a running back by the name of Noshawn Moreno who ran for 1,000 yards that year. He ran for 1,038 yards, had 10 touchdowns, uh, and 548 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. That offense was balanced. You had a passer, an elite level passer, and Peyton Manning, first ballot Hall of Famer, throw the ball for for have 5,400 passing yards, but he also had a thousand yard rusher behind him. Come on, balance, balance. So look. I don't know what the problem is. I don't, I don't know what it is. But whatever the case it may be, Dorsey and his, his offensive staff, they better figure that out ASAP. They better figure it out ASAP. Okay? They better figure it out ASAP. And my second, my second observation, and I'm sorry I spent too much time on that, but my second observation, man, is the Buffalo Bills O-line depth is not as strong as I anticipated. Going back to what Silas had mentioned about the O-line, about the O-line, I want to bring it back up again. Talking about we have, we have an elite, we have elite athletes on the O-line. Get them in space. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? When we look at the offensive line right now, we look at across the board, from left to right, Deion Dawkins, Roger Saffold, who, by the way, on uh, um, got uh, uh, was talked about by Taylor Lewan um, on Busting with the Boys podcast, right? Taylor Lewan was there. Eric Wood was, was the guest on the show, and Eric Wood was asking about him because he, this is the, at this time they just added, you know, Roger Saffold. And Eric Wood was asking about Saffold, and Taylor Wan said, yo, he is the best run-blocking guard I have seen in my life. So you've got that man. No wonder Brandon Bean picked him up. You've got that man playing left guard. You've got Mitch Morse, one of the most athletic centers in the NFL right now. Mitch Morse. Then you've got Ryan Bates, extremely athletic, right? Right guard. And then you got Spencer Brown, who, if you've seen him and seen tape of him in the run game, 6'8", 300-plus pound right tackle, runs like you would not believe, is a mauler in the ground game. Extremely athletic. You've got five extremely, supremely athletic offensive linemen who excel in sports. Base as run blockers, and yet and still, you expect them to sit an entire game, 90 plays, and have Josh Allen throwing the ball for 60 times while this offensive line that's extremely athletic be in pass protection 60-plus times a game last week. Josh Allen, over 130 pass attempts in three games, and you have this, uh, this athletic offensive line in pass protection, 132 times. What is wrong with that picture? It seems to me that we're not getting the most out of the offensive line. And we see, we see what happens. They're not the best pass protecting offensive line. They're not. We know that, right? But we, but we get so used to Josh Allen running around and making miracle plays and we like and we just think and we think that oh we're good Josh Josh Allen is covering a multitude of sins so to speak right we can't have that man oh this is frustrating me man I'm getting I'm getting incredibly frustrated because I don't get it I don't get it 
And Silas doesn't get it either. He comes in with another super chat. So I appreciate it, man. He's like, yo, can we open up running lanes by being aggressive in early downs? In 2020, we threw for 11 and a half yards per catch. Our wide receivers can pull linebackers away from the line of scrimmage. From your lips to my ears, Silas. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't get it, dude. I, I just don't get it. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. This line is, is extremely athletic, man. Get these guys in space. I even remember in 2020, even in, even in there's times in, 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 uh, in Motor's rookie year. Remember that? Man, we saw, the, and, and it wasn't even with the same O-line. We had Mitch Morris, Deion Dawkins. Those guys would, would pull, man, and, 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 and lead block. And that's how Devin Singletary in his rookie year had 700 yards rushing. Last year, the tail end of the year, we started doing more of that. This year, what is going on? Now we're content to act like we're this mauling uh, uh, offensive line, run-blocking offensive line, and we're gonna and we're gonna be content with with running the ball up the gut on first down or whatever the case may be. In second, with with Zach Moss up the gut with an athletic O line, like these dudes ain't they're not that type of O line. They're athletic, and then you bring in Aaron Cromer, who excels in this zone scheme, and then you, you I'm getting frustrated. Figure it out, please. <laughs> figure it out. We, 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 got, we, got, we got to figure out, man, what's going on. We got, we got to figure out what's going on. All right. Um, geez, man. Somebody help me out. <laughs> Somebody help me. Somebody help me figure this thing out. Uh, wow, I don't know why, man. It's, it's just frustrating to watch. It, it really is. It's frustrating to watch. But you know what else? You know what's not frustrating to watch? What's not frustrating to watch is over 190-something of you all watching me live right now, man. Yeah. Kudos to you guys. I appreciate you so very much for tuning in. Um, there's a whole lot of content creators, man, but, but the fact that you're spending your time with me means a whole lot. I extreme, I appreciate you so very, very much. But do me this favor. Since you're in here, smash that like, hit that subscribe button, turn the bell notifications on so that way you can stay up to date with all things Buffalo Bills. Moving along. Moving along, man. The next, and we're going to, and we're an hour and 12 and some change into the show, and now it's time. Now it's time. The Buffalo Bills, with all these issues going on, right, all these issues going on, are set to face the red-hot MVP caliber Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens Sunday. Man, oh, man. I hope you guys have gotten the Dolphins out of your out of your system. Get them, get, get, forget all that, forget all that. Right here in front of us, we got a dog. We have got a dog in front of us. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are hosting the Buffalo Bills in M&T Bank Stadium, Baltimore, Maryland, this Sunday. Uh, have you guys watched? that team this year I know it may be easy to kind of overlook them um, especially when you consider how you know how they lost to the Dolphins but we ain't got no room to talk we lost to them too okay granted we didn't lose in the same fashion but it doesn't matter they took an L we took an L just like they did but that does not mean they're not an incredible football team an incredible football team led by in my opinion 
one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. Who needs to get paid, ladies and gentlemen. Needs to get paid. Absolutely needs to get paid. This guy, Lamar Jackson, man, I don't know what more he needs to prove to his organization. The man won an MVP. You know what I'm saying? Then he got injured. And it's, and, and it's like people forgot. It's like they forgot who Lamar was. Well, I hope you didn't forget. <laughs> because he's letting everybody know. In case you forgot, I'm that man. In case you forgot, I'm that man. And I'm going I'm to give my man a shout out, man. I'm, for everybody who, who, uh, who overlooked Lamar Jackson, who said, oh, that MVP season, yeah, that was a fluke. Lamar, you know, teams are figuring him out. You know, oh, look, you know, he didn't have that good of a season. Like, look, everybody who, everybody who, who, who may have, you know what I'm saying, put their mouth on Lamar Jackson in the wrong kind of way. Look at this. Don't play yourself. <laughs> For my man Lamar, don't play yourself. And you probably already did. Because Lamar Jackson has proven himself. He's proven all the haters, all the doubters wrong so far this season. And, 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 and yeah, it is quite possible for us to, to acknowledge other players and other quarterbacks in the National Football League not named Josh Allen. Let me throw that out there, okay? I know we have Josh Allen. I get it. But can we show some love? Can we show some love, Bills Mafia? Because Lamar Jackson is that dude, too. Make no mistake about it. Lamar Jackson, so far this year, man, 63.6% completion percentage. Passing for 749 yards, 10 touchdowns. Same amount of touchdowns as Josh Allen. Doesn't have the same amount of passing yards, but it doesn't matter. Josh Allen, I mean, uh, Lamar Jackson is doing what he has to do. He's doing what he has to do. Um, and I think he's doing it. Only two, two interceptions. 119 rating right now for Lamar Jackson. Then on the ground, on the ground, that guy has, what is it, man? Uh, I'm trying to look. I'm trying, I'm trying to do the math. What is that? Uh, you got one oh he got he got one oh seven um against against the against the uh the Patriots, one nineteen against the against the, the 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 Dolphins, and then had a cool 17 yards to start the season against the Jets. My man is running the ball, but he's doing the thing. He is showing us right now that he's that guy, and he's that guy to be reckoned with, and he's a guy that we do not need. To sleep on. We don't need to sleep on them, man. And if there's any Ravens in this chat right now, let me know. Any Ravens fans in the chat, yo, I'm gonna show y'all some love, man. Yo, I've got nothing but respect for the Baltimore Ravens. I, I love that organization, man, from top to bottom. And I love me some some Lamar Jackson. He's a great guy, hands down. Hands down. And that guy, man, look, we we know for a fact. This is why I, I want I, I want us to focus on this. And you and maybe you're like, yo, Rev, yo, man, we, we seen Lamar and the Ravens. Ain't nothing to be afraid of. And I'm not saying we need to be afraid of him. I'm saying you don't you don't need to forget about him. Don't forget about him. Just because we beat him in the playoffs, I'm saying a couple years ago don't mean nothing. Right? And just because we beat him a couple of years ago in the playoffs, they don't it, it, that don't mean nothing, man. This ain't that. <laughs> this ain't that. This ain't that, man. It's a different year. Different year. And Lamar's got a different team. You know what I'm saying? He's got a different team. And when you look at it, when you look at Lamar Jackson, we know, right, um, coming into the league, 
the, the 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 number one thing that 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 uh, defenses and defensive coordinators were saying was like, yo, you, you've got to stop Lamar Jackson, you've got to contain him because he's so dangerous as a runner, right? That's what we that's what we heard. Stop the man from running. You stop the man from running, you got him, right? And so teams tried like crap, tried their best to contain him. And unless you have, uh, unless you have the personnel on defense, and unless you have the def- uh, the, the the discipline as well on defense to play contain, especially when you get edge rushers who are used to rushing the passer and getting after it, having to play like contain and be and make sure that you don't over pursue your rush your rush lanes, like it's it's you're gonna get beat. You're going to get beat, and he's beaten a many teams. A many defenses made a many defensive coordinators look foolish, <laughs> right? That, that's just what Lamar does. And we were like, if we can stop him from running, we got him because we know the offense is predicated upon the upon his his legs and the ground game, right? Lamar Jackson and that ground game. And we, as Bills fans, are familiar with Greg Roman's offensive scheme, his philosophy, because he play, he was an OC, right? And and Buffalo. Under Rex Ryan, we're familiar with that. We know with Tyrod Taylor, we know what they, we know, we know what he does, and he loves tight ends, man. And the thing with with Greg Roman is, is look, yo, yo, he th- throw the ball, he th- he throws a ball uh, in a certain spot on the field, right? Throws the ball in a certain spot on the field between the hashes. That's it. That's it. He doesn't throw outside, nothing like that. And he loves his tight ends. So we, so we kind of had, we, 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 we felt like we had the rap on him. Right, and we were able to stop Lamar and the Ravens, but that was man, that was a good game though. That was close. If not for Teron Johnson pick six, we probably would not be sitting here with as much confidence as we have nowadays, right? But now, when you look at Lamar Jackson, and we and and even Ravens fans uh, have been talking about it. They've been talking, yo, get Lamar Jackson some weapons. Invest and get Lamar some weapons. My man in Graven Vids was talking about it last night, right? But Rico was talking about it on his show, man. And go check that out last night, man. Engraven Vids, man. Yeah, that guy is is yo, he is a legend, a king. Um, and, and and Ravens royalty, right? Ravens content creation royalty. That guy is an incredible man. And uh talking about Lamar Jackson, yo, he just he didn't have the weapons outside of Mark Andrews. Who has he really had? Marquise Brown, what did that do? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then he's like, yo, you put that guy, put Lamar Jackson, insert Lamar Jackson into this Buffalo Bills offense right now with Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, Dawson Knox, James Cook out the backfield, right? Tell me this guy is not lighting it up. And you're playing yourself if you think this man is just a running quarterback. You're playing yourself. Don't even don't don't, don't even let that come out of your mouth. Okay. So the so so the the Achilles heel for the Ravens for so long under Lamar Jackson was that yo he just doesn't have enough weapons. Invest, invest Baltimore in some weapons. So what do they do this year? And people were talking about it too. They're like yo, is it? And maybe they need to switch schemes. Maybe maybe it's it's a it's a it's a Greg Roman issue. We know Roman, he's not too particular for wide receivers. We know he's he's big on tight ends, man. Two and three tight end sets. 
because he wants to ground and pound. He wants to do that. And we look at the offense right now that Lamar Jackson has, and they, they did something different this year. They went out and got the man some weapons, right? They got, they, they, they got rid of um, Hollywood Brown. They still have Mark Andrews. Um, they got Doyle coming back from, uh, from injury, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But then they added, they added receivers in, 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 in the draft, right? Rashad Bateman. Added Rashad Bateman. That guy coming out of Minnesota. First round draft pick in 2021 NFL draft for the Baltimore Ravens. Pick number 27. 6'1", 193 pounds. People were like, yo, what is, is Rashad Bateman, is he really going to be that guy? Well, he's proven that he's a guy in Baltimore right now. When you look at, when you look at, 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 uh, at his numbers, man, I mean, 226 receiving yards right now so far on, on eight receptions. On eight receptions, uh, the guy, man, uh, he's 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 an up and coming wide receiver who we have to pay attention to. We have to pay attention to. Um, I'm trying to look at his numbers as far as his his yards per reception. Twenty eight point three yards per reception for Rashad Bateman. Deep threat wide receiver makes perfect sense in that offense, right? When you have to account for Lamar Jackson in his legs and even the running game, play action. You've got to account for Mark Andrews, who we're going to talk about too. And then off play action, you've got this guy, Rashad Bateman, who's averaging 28.3 yards per reception, blowing the tops off of defenses, right? But if that's not enough, then they added Devin Duvernay, right? Devin Duvernay. Maybe you don't know a whole lot about him, but you know he's a he was a third round draft pick in 2020. Came out of Texas. The man is one of the top, if not the top, uh, kick returners in the league right now. The guy's a burner, absolute burner. He's got 121 uh, receiving yards this year so far as well on eight targets. I mean, on eight targets and eight receptions. So the guy's caught everything that's thrown that's been thrown to him. 15 yards per reception with three receiving touchdowns. Look, last week we had to face speed. This week we're facing speed as well. And we're not, maybe not as fast as a Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, but Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman are plenty fast, right? Plenty fast. Then they got another guy who is uh, not getting a whole lot of time, but, but I mean, uh, Talon Wallace. Talon Wallace, fourth-round draft pick last year out of Oklahoma State. Another young wide receiver, right? And so they're adding, they're adding talent around him. They're adding talent around him. They got Demarcus Robinson. You remember him? Of course you do. So Lamar is now, Lamar now has adequate targets, not to mention Mark Andrews, who is tearing it up this year. Tearing it up. 245 receiving yards right now on 22 receptions. My man has three receiving touchdowns, averaging 11 yards per reception mark andrews did you we saw that incredible catch that he had last week against the against the patriots right in the end zone and i think next gen stats put out was saying like you know, that was like a like a less than 12 percent chance that he would complete that pass that he would that he would make that that catch in the end zone and mark andrews caught the ball for the touchdown with guys draped on him mark andrews is a phenomenal tight end top tight end in the national football league right um they got another guy he's a rookie 
out of Coast Carolina, Isaiah Likely. My big guy, 6'5", 235. They've got talent, man. They've got talent. And Lamar Jackson is, is, is now he has weapons at his disposal, and he's showing you what he can do with weapons. He's showing you, right? Now, the run game is not as potent as it once was, but this is we're three going on four weeks into the season. Um, I believe that ground game is going to increase, right? Because it's something that we expect. It's their bread and butter. But what you now have to account for is Lamar Jackson throwing the rock through his weapons. So when you look at this matchup here, this is what I want to ask you guys. When you look at the matchup here that the Bills are facing, what is the key matchup for you? What is the key matchup for you in the Bills-Ravens game? What is it? I see a lot of people talking about your defense is going to shut them out. Your RD is better than the Ravens, um, even with backups. Um, and our offense is just as good. Yeah, but man, look, look, it's a week-to-week league, right? I mean, it's a week-to-week league. Um, yeah, I believe our, our defense is better. I definitely believe that. And our offense is just as good, assuming they're healthy, right? Assuming these guys are healthy. But at the end of the day, man, we have to perform. We have to perform on the field. We have to perform on the field. And we, and we can't walk into this game thinking that this is just going to be another easy dub because our team is better on paper than they are. You're sadly mistaken. You're going to find yourself with an L like we did in Miami. We don't want that, right? We, we, we don't want that. This game is crucial. This game is incredibly important incredibly important for us because the matchups on the field right now, you know, hopefully our guys are healthy, right? Or hopefully our guys are healthy, but we get, they get, they got speed, right? We got, we got to account for Mark Andrews. Matt Milano's going to have his hands full with Mark Andrews. Better believe that, right? Our rookie cornerbacks are going to have their hands full with Rashad Bateman, who's got speed to take the top off the defense and Devin Duvernay, Right. And Lamar Jackson, because you have to, you have to account for Lamar's legs. He scrambles in the pocket. I think um, he leads the league uh, in, in, in time in the pocket. I think like three seconds, right? It takes him or something like that before he releases the ball, before he passes the ball. Which means what? He's scrambling. He's running around in the pocket. He's doing what he does, but he's not just taking off like he used to do. One read, look, doesn't see his, doesn't see anybody, and he takes off. Right, he takes off. He doesn't do that. Now he's scrambling and he's looking downfield. And you know who he's looking for first and foremost, Mark Andrews. And when you have guys that are defending the pass for three seconds, like you can't expect them to 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 maintain sound coverage that long. All the while, you got to have your front seven at least keeping contained in case Lamar Jackson takes off, right? He's got you guys, he's got your eyes, you know, looking down the field because you're, because you're concerned that he's going to throw it 20-something yards down the field to Rashad Bateman or 15 yards down the field to Mark Andrews. And while he's got you, you know what I'm saying, you know, taking the cheese, he takes off and runs. Like, that's a problem. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a problem. And my man by stock says, yo, we got to have a spy. I get it. I get it. I have no I, look. I have confidence that 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 Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are gonna uh, create the, the the game plan necessary to slow Lamar Jackson down. 
hopefully, right? But we can't overlook it. This is the, this game is important. Not only are we going up against a juggernaut team. Look, I think people have recency bias, man. I, I think people forgotten about the Ravens. I think because last year they didn't make the playoffs and they forgot that they sustained so much, so many injuries early in the season and in, in, in the offseason and training camp. Like they just forgot that, that they forgot that the Ravens were a very good team. Don't go to sleep, Mafia. Please don't go to sleep. Do not go to sleep on the Baltimore Ravens. At all. At all. Okay. And so key matchups, man. Key matchups in this game. Uh, I'm looking at, first and foremost, I'm looking at Stefan Diggs um, and uh, Marlon Humphrey. You know, Marlon Humphrey uh, is an incredible cornerback. And I'm curious to see if um, if they're going to match him up with Stephon Diggs, right? We've seen him in the playoff game, uh, how good he is, Marlon Humphrey. He's a, he's a very good cornerback. And so he and Diggs, if they match up like that, right, if they match up together, that's going to be that's, that's gonna be a very interesting matchup. Um, the next one we have to take a look at, though, um, is is Marcus Peters, and I want to know how how like how healthy is Marcus Peters? Um, I'm not too sure how healthy he is, right? And so you you got to think that that Gabe Davis is likely gonna 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 take that matchup, right? He's he's likely gonna take that matchup, unless they decide to flip it. I don't know. And so we'll see, man. But then for me, it's also the offensive line. I want to see this offensive line against the, against the Baltimore Ravens D-line. I want to see that, man. But the D-line, we know, um, and, and I've been hearing that the Ravens, you know, the pass rush is not what it once was. It's, it's, not, it's not all that good so far in three weeks in, right? So does that mean that our, that our offensive linemen can, can take a breather, right, and just expect Josh to just to – have all the time in the pocket. I mean, they, they better bring their they better bring their hard hats because we just don't know, right? Because they still have talent on paper. Justin Matabike, Calais Campbell, Adafi Owe, Josh Bynes, you know what I'm saying? Patrick Quick. I mean, they, they still have talent. And, and talent can show up any given you just don't know. You just don't know. So I'm I'm interested, man. I think this is gonna be a great game. I really do. But let me tell you why this game is so important for the Bills. Let me tell you why. It's because of the playoff standing. This is the playoff race. If you didn't think the playoff race started in week one, you're sadly mistaken. Okay? We know last year the Bills didn't get off to a hot start. Right? And they had a weaker schedule. They they let some games slip by. They lost close games that they shouldn't have lost. Right? They they got... And they... they, they they, at one point, I mean, they dug themselves in such a deep hole. I was like, yo, I don't see, I don't know how they're going to dig themselves out of this hole and make the playoffs last year. They managed to do it, right? Um, granted, yeah, yeah, they, they, they did what they had to do and won some games towards the tail end of the, of the year, but they also had some help by the Patriots, right, who lost the final four games, I think, of their season last year after going on like a seven-game win streak. And we know for a while it was the Patriots that were leading the division. And if we, our goal is to is is the Super Bowl, and the way to get there is by securing the number one seed in the playoffs, which we did not get last year, we know that the number one seed runs to we have to win our division. 
We cannot afford to have losses in the division. We already took that L last week. 0-1-1 in the division. 0-1-1 in the division, right? But when we look at the schedule, though, we look at the schedule, we know the Dolphins are leading the East, right? They have common opponents, too. This is why it's so important. The Dolphins already beat the Ravens, and they already beat us, right? And they beat the Pats. So they're 2-0 in the division, 3-0 in the conference, and 3-0 overall record. You don't think that's significant? You don't think that can have some type of ramifications later on down the season? Don't get too cocky or too arrogant in thinking that, oh, we'll be good. I know we got 14 games down left left to play. Anything can happen. I get that. But don't act like, don't act like these games are not significant right now. We saw that when we looked at the schedule this year and the schedule came out, we knew that the first six weeks of the season was going to be extremely important for the Buffalo Bills as far as positioning themselves for the number one seed in the playoffs throughout the season. This, this season is all about positioning. Throughout the entire year, it's going to be like this. Teams positioning themselves, moving up, moving back all season. And the Bills needed to get off to a tremendous start, especially the first six weeks. We looked at it before we started the season. We saw week one, defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Week two, the number one seed last year, the Tennessee Titans at home. Week three, divisional foe against the Miami Dolphins, who, we said it, who improved on paper because they added Tyreek Hill and other weapons. And they got a good coach, Mike McDaniel. So, we saw that week four. We're like, yo, Baltimore Ravens. You got to go to Baltimore and play the Ravens. Lamar Jackson coming back. The, 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 the rest of the team is getting healthy. Lamar, the, the Ravens are no slouch, no team. You cannot overlook them. Week five, Pittsburgh Steelers, TJ Watt and the Steelers, all that kind of stuff, right? Granted, we didn't, we didn't know TJ Watt was going to get injured. We didn't know they were going to have Mr. all that. We didn't know any of, that, any of that kind of stuff. But the Steelers are still a team that you, that you have to look out for, right? right? Because we understand that philosophy, right? that Mike Tomlin has instilled in that, in that organization. They're not going down easily. And then week six, just before the bye, the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium for the umpteenth millionth time. When can we get a game against them at home? It looks like we're going to have to you – know, it looks like the only time we're going to get a home game against the Kansas City Chiefs is if, they, is if we win the division, get the number one seed, and they got to come play us in the playoffs. But that's way down the road. But we saw the first five games – or six games of the season. And we're like, yo, this is a tough, tough first six games, right? The Buffalo Bills, when you look at it, we were like, yo, they can go no less than four and two, right? No less than four and two in this, you know, um, because if they do, then they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in trouble, right? Um, because one of those games is, is of course, is, is an out-of-conference game in, in, against the Rams, but they got five of them AFC conference games, conference matchups, one in the division. These games are going to be important in the standings. Tennessee Titans, you look at the AFC South, any team could win that, right? The Miami Dolphins, we know it's a divisional rival. Divisional team, we have to win that. We got to win. It starts with winning the division. The Baltimore Ravens, you don't think that, that, that at, towards the end of the season, it's going to come down to this? 
Pittsburgh Steelers, Kansas City Chiefs. We cannot afford to lose these games because they are going to play a significant role in uh, us achieving or not achieving our goal of obtaining the number one seed in the AFC playoff, right? We have to, we have to beat these teams. And what happens if we lose to the Ravens? Where do you think that that slots us? I get it. Anything can happen. The, the Dolphins can lose 14 straight games. That can happen. Anything's possible. So can the Bills, right? But if the Bills lose to the Ravens, we've already lost to the Dolphins, We've are, and then we lose to the Ravens. The Dolphins would be up on us by two games, am I right? They beat us. They beat the Ravens. Do you think this game is not important? You think it's just, oh, it's just another game on the schedule? No, it's, it's, it's far more important than just another game on the schedule. This game has a lot of ramifications. A lot of ramifications as it, as it pertains to playoff seating and then even just, even just narratives. Narratives, right? What happened to the Buffalo Bills? They entered the season as a play as as the number one team in the power rankings, the 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 the, the by far the favorites, and you know to win the Super Bowl. And here we are, four weeks into the season, and they've dropped a game to the divisional rival Miami Dolphins, and then to the Baltimore Ravens. Now they're sitting at two and two, zero and one in the division. Right? Can you see that? And they still have the Steelers and the Chiefs to play before they enter the bye week. And after the bye week, we have, to, we have a matchup against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Then it gets a little bit easier on paper, right? The Jets, week nine, Vikings, week 10, Cleveland Browns, week 11, Lions, week 12, Patriots, we don't play them until December, week 13, Jets again, Dolphins again, week 15. We better take care of business this week, <laughs> okay? We, ha we have to take care of business this week or else we're going to find ourselves in trouble. I'm not saying that the season is over. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just saying that we cannot think that it's not going to have any type of ramifications as it, as it, you know, at the end of the year, man, because it really is. It really is. And you don't think that the Ravens feel the same way? <laughs> they lost to the Dolphins. You think they want to lose to us as well? They understand what's at stake in the playoff race, right? They're looking at their division as well. It's all about positioning, man. All about this is a 17-game grudge match of positioning every single week. And these Ravens are not going to just give it to us. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And so the Buffalo Bills, better they better come with it. But no excuses this game. I don't care. Hopefully we get some guys back healthy, right? But if we don't, they better come with it. They better, they better, they better come with it. I hope they get, they're getting their rest. I hope they're getting, you know, uh, Fluids in them all, you know, for all the fluids they may have lost because from last game. I hope, I hope that they're doing things the right way. I believe they are. 
this game is going to be one heck of a game. One heck of a game. What say you, ladies and gentlemen? What say you? Let me know what you think, man. What you? What do you think? What do you think? Do I want to? Do I want to do any score predictions? I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't, I don't want to, man. I, I don't want to. It's too early. It's early, and uh, <laughs> maybe down the week when I can look at this injury report, things would change. But right now, all I'm saying is this: this is going to be an incredible matchup. Two phenomenal quarterbacks, heavyweight quarterbacks, heavyweight matchup right now. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a slugfest, an absolute slugfest. So, Mafia, here's what I want you to do. Here, here's, here's, here's my message. Here's my message to the Bills Mafia, right? Um, as I get ready to close out the show, right? Here's my message to, to Bills Mafia as, as in closing. First and foremost, stop talking about the Dolphins, please. Can we, can we be done with that already? Let, let's be done with that. that. That's behind us. That's three days ago. It's all good. Let, the, let, let Dolphins fans run their mouth and, and, and enjoy that and all that. You know, we, we know what it is, right? We know what it is. We know, we know it. We've been there before. Let's not forget, Mafia. Let's not forget. Like, now I understand uh, how the Patriots fans felt, right? When we were not that good of a team, but, but, but man, every once in a while, we got lucky and we beat the Patriots and that was our Super Bowl. We ran out into the field. I remember seeing Kyle Williams run out. I mean, when, 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 uh, when uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know what I'm saying, made that game-winning touchdown, we ran, we ran out into the field, won the game, the crowd erupted, all that, man, we were shouting and, and all that kind of stuff. Because for us, that was our Super Bowl. Finally, we're able to beat the Patriots who've had their, their thumb on us like, like a big brother. We finally beat them, and that was it. That was our season. And I bet we were insufferable too back then. I don't know that we thought that we were going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I think we had a healthy um, understanding of where we fell in the pecking order. You know what I'm saying? Which may be the difference. But nevertheless, let them enjoy it. But let's not talk about them no more. Get off all that. Stop talking about that game. That game was three days ago. Who cares? Right? It happened. It happens, man. It happens and it did happen. Um, we're not going to go undefeated. And we didn't. Okay? So... We got a good dose, dose of reality. But the fact of the matter is we need to focus our undivided attention on the Baltimore Ravens this week. And the Dolphins better be looking at the Bengals Thursday night football. <laughs> Tomorrow night, they better be looking at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase and them boys, right? And we know the Thursday night football record for road teams ain't that good. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. But, uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw, I saw that. I saw some some Finns fans that beat the Bills. I saw that, man. It's stupid. It is, it is what it is, right? What goes around comes around. What goes around comes around. Let's not give them. Let's not give them any 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 more, any more airtime, right? That's 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 what they want. They they love it. The trolls. It is what it is. We'll see them week fifteen, right? If you know, you know. If you know, you know. But one thing I do know, 
is that I can't wait for this game Sunday. I cannot wait for this game Sunday. I am so excited about it. And I hope you guys are excited about it too. Because that's my time, ladies and gentlemen. That's my time. An hour and 45 minutes in the books. Grace and peace to you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do me this favor as you exit. Show some love to, to one another. If there's some Ravens fans in here, show some love to them, man. It's all, it's all good, right? It's all good to have a healthy um, rivalry, a healthy, um, you know what I'm saying, discourse against fans of different, you know, different fan bases. But let's not get disrespectful. Let's not, let's not cross the line. You know what I'm saying? Let's make sure or try to at least, you know, uphold the standard. You know what I'm saying? And enjoy two good football teams, two good organizations putting everything on the line this Sunday to secure a dub for their respective teams and organizations, man. Uh, good luck to the Ravens, but not too much. <laughs> not too much, baby, because you know at the end of the day, baby, it's all about it's all about Bills, baby. It's all about Go Bills. That's what it's about. And that's what I want you guys to do, man. Stay tuned. Keep it locked right here to the Buffalo Fanatics Network. Don't go anywhere the rest of this week. Because you know what time it is. You already know what's going on, man. Friday night, we got Rico Report. He's coming through. He's going to do his thing, the Rico Report. We got Saturday with the Spaces, man, with my guys, uh, Kevin Syracuse and, and, and Zach Vaughn and the, and the guys, man, dropping the, the, the Twitter Spaces. They're doing their thing, man. Um, you want to stay tuned to that. You want to stay tuned to Sunday to the pregame show by the fellas. You just want to keep it locked right here. And another special shout-out. To my man who's been who's been doing his thing, man. He's, he's he's been in the chat. He's been supporting BF and supporting me for for a while, man. And he's and he and uh and uh some other dudes, man. Yo, uh, uh, Warlock Six, my man Lashawn German. You've been doing their thing in the Twitter Spaces. Check them guys out. I'm talking about my man Silas Whittle. Silas, shout out to you, baby. Um, I see you in the chat, man. Much love to you, baby. Uh, for what you guys are doing, holding it down for Bills Mafia, man. Letting letting all the guys know what's good. What's good across the National Football League? Bills Mafia ain't backing down from nobody. Um, we've got a challenge, uh, you know, on our on our ahead of us this week. But you know, we Bills Mafia, baby. We ain't scared of a challenge. We look forward to it. So until next time, baby. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Much love, much much love, much love back to you, Donut. Much love to you, man, and to the rest of Bills Mafia and the Buffalo Phoenix all around the world. It's your man, Rev. God bless. Until next time, go Bills. Let's get it, baby. Go Bills. Love y'all, man. Talk to y'all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.